Hey, welcome back to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Pokolsky. Today, we're going to dive into the biggest mistake that I believe everyone is making when it comes to exercise. So one of the greatest ways for you to understand this is if you are working with a pro athlete, let's say you're working with someone who's a pro football player and you know that in October, their season begins. And when their season begins, you want their body to be performing at the highest level. Now, regardless of what your goal is, you may not be a pro athlete. You may just be someone who it wants to look really great or someone who wants to feel really great or whatever your goal is, this still will apply to you. So if you're working with a pro athlete and he, his or her season begins in October, typically what they'll do is, is they'll have about a four, three to four month off season, which, you know, if you think about the logic of an off season and, and, this logic should apply to everyone, regardless of your training objectives. The logic of the offseason is what? Is ultimately to teach the body how to do its job most effectively. So if I'm a wide receiver in football, if I'm a pitcher in baseball, if I'm a goalie in hockey or a defenseman in hockey, they all have very specific objectives and outcomes. And if you're trying to build your body or your objective is to build your body, you have very specific objectives and outcomes. And you, you need to be able to do very specific things regardless of where you are in that continuum. So if your body, if your goal is building your body, great. If your goal is being a football player, great. If your goal is being a competitive swimmer, great. All of those things require very specific outcomes. I need to be able to do very specific, specific things really, really well. So when someone's aspiring to build their body, they don't think of it like this. They simply just go, okay, I'm going to hire a coach and I'm going to go full speed ahead. And the coach says, yes, you're going to do two hours of cardio. You're going to starve yourself. You're going to do a bunch of extra hard work. What they've missed is the off season. The off season is this attempt to line, align your body, it's to line your body up, right? So it, it's very important for you to create a visual in your mind of when your skeletal system and your muscular system are doing what they're supposed to do. They're in proper structural alignment right? So your, your, your bones are in the proper alignment, your muscles in their proper alignment. So when you begin this off season, most people walk into an off season and their bones and their muscles are not yet in proper alignment. So the point of the off season is to put these things into alignment. Why do we want to be in alignment? Well, your body works really, really effectively and efficiently when it's neurologically aligned and muscularly aligned, right? So the body is, is really, really, um, well-designed, right? You're designed to do very specific things very, very well. If your structure or your function is mal-aligned, you're simply not going to perform as well, right? So if I'm trying to stack hard work on a structure that is misaligned or ultimately dysfunctional, I simply can't do the hard work, right? Or if I do do the hard work, I'm going to cause an injury or I'm going to cause a compensation pattern, which is much, much harder to break in the future. So why is this relevant to someone who wants to transform their body? Think about it. So if I come into a, let's say in, in September or October this year, I want to do the Mr. Olympia contest. Many bodybuilders just start their contest training about 12 or 16 weeks out, and they simply increase the intensity and effort of their work. And that can be useful for a very, very small percentage of the people because they already have proper structural and muscular alignment. But if you don't, which most people do not, there must be a precluding preseason period that gets your body to do what it wants to do. Call it neurological priming, right? I call it neural priming or sometimes I call it primer phases. 
I need your body to be in alignment. I need your body to know how to contract each muscle in isolation and how to move things through in an integrated fashion. So I need to be able to contract my glute in isolation, contract my quad in isolation and use them both concurrently in a squat. That's an example. But if I go into a, if I skip over this neural priming, priming type preseason phase, and I simply go into a hard working in season phase, or, you know, just right before the season phase, I'm missing this opportunity to get my body working optimally, working, uh, functioning correctly. So therefore I'm literally going to be fighting against myself, right? So think of, um, when I'm, what, if you're standing in a proper structural alignment, your rib cage is stacked directly over your pelvis. And there should, this should be what structural alignment looks like. If you were to look at someone from the side, their ear, their shoulder joint, their hip, their knee, and their ankle are in a vertical alignment. Now, if any of those are out of vertical alignment, something is dysfunctional. Something is not working correctly or something is not aligned properly. So someone's job should be to start there. If, if they're a coach or if you're, if you're a coach, that should be your job. Let's start there. And what can I do to concurrently improve this person's baseline structural alignment? So here's an example of what this looks like. And I was just talking with a very good friend of mine and, and he said this so well, and it's such an important point to stress. If someone comes to you or me in the off season and they say, um, hey, I want to build muscle. Hey, I want to get faster. Hey, I want to perform better at my sport or lose fat or work hard, whatever it is. There's certain prerequisites that they need to accomplish, right? Certain things they need to do. So let's say you want to build muscle. Well, I need you to be able to do this long list of exercises really, really well. So in order for you to be able to do that, I need to make sure you're in structural alignment. Good. So to get someone in structural alignment, it's not simply do more of X, Y, and Z that got you there, right? That's the definition of insanity. Doing more and more of the same thing will not change the result. So what should we do? A great example that was offered to me is let's say your workout's 90 minutes. When you start these off-season slash neuro-priming style workouts, maybe 60 minutes of that is activation and repatterning, right? So we're, we're trying to activate muscles, just turn them on, tell the nervous system from an internal perspective, hey, nervous system, I need you to do this better. And, and sometimes it's done with isolation, right? So like, hey, nervous system, I need you to do this better, better and better and better. So we're contracting, like say that, for example, the glute better in isolation. If I learn to contract the glute better in isolation, then I can start integrating it more effectively into like a squat or a lunge or any exercise. So there should be a good amount of time invested in this neural priming phase. Like I'm relearning movement patterns. And this, this is something that we should do at least once a year, ideally twice, depending how much time you invest into it. So when you start one of these, these new neural priming workouts, maybe 60 minutes of your workout is neural priming and repatterning, teaching your body how to move correctly. Now, in, in this, with this type of training, it's, it's almost like warm up, right? So it's like 60 minutes of warm up, and then maybe we do 30 minutes of work. And then as we progress deeper and deeper and deeper into the, the preseason time, maybe it progresses from, you know, now it's 60 minutes and 30 minutes. So 60 warm up and 30 work. Maybe it then progresses to 50 minutes warm up and 40 work. And then maybe it progresses to 60 minutes or sorry, 40 minutes uh, warm up and 60 minutes of work, or you get it right. Some, some progressive variation of how much work, uh, the work to warm up ratios. By the time you get to the season, then maybe you wanna have, hey, like now I have a 15 minute warm up, super quick, 
boom, I'm ready to go. And then I've got a 75 minute training session, right? So the ratios of the warm up slash neural priming slash preparatory work compared to the amount of actual work work is shifting. And this is what I've been trying to explain to people for 10 years in bodybuilding is people simply don't spend any time doing this. And therefore they're beating their head against the wall when they work harder and harder. And like, you know what? I've worked so hard. I don't get results. Or I work so hard and my joints hurt, or I can't get the results I want, or my back hurts or something sort of gets injured. Yeah, no shit. Cause every time you start training, you're way out of structural alignment. So you get these people who are just, you know, really strong in one space or one movement and one exercise or really, really strong in one body part and really poor in the antagonist or really poor in the surrounding muscles. And so either what's going to happen is they're going to develop dysfunctional movement patterns. They're going to look ultimately have like they lack aesthetics. They're going to have poor aesthetics. They're going to look kind of funky or they're going to get injured. One of the two it's inevitable. So there needs to be this kind of cyclical almost call it seasonal approach to training, regardless of your sport, regardless of your outcome, there needs to be an intentional amount of time set aside to relearning how to do things. Cause guess what? As soon as you work hard, what your body is learning at a conscious level goes away. So if I asked you to go in the gym today and do something to max effort, there's no zero chance that you can maintain conscious control uh, at max effort, max speed, it's can't be conscious. There's simply too much conscious attention going into effort. So think of like effort and execution on a continuum. So at the far left of the continuum is like really, really conscious effort, or sorry, conscious execution. Like I really have to focus on what I'm doing. And I'm really, really mentally present with improving the execution. It's, it's like high levels of mental acuity, mental accuracy. And at the other end of the spectrum is like high level of effort. And these two things can't exist at the same time. That's well, not I will say it differently. They can't exist at the same time, but you can't have conscious attention placed on execution and conscious attention placed on effort, or at least not at max efforts or max levels. So if you want to have maybe mid-level conscious attention placed on effort and mid-level conscious attention placed on execution, that can work. But that's going to then kind of lead to this mid-level results, right? So we want to be able to have high amounts of conscious attention and execution, and then gradually shifting it more and more and more toward the midline. So the midline being where they, they kind of, you kind of 50% focus on execution, 50% focus on effort. And eventually your execution is so good. You don't have to think about it anymore, right? We talk about this, it's called unconscious competence. Then we shift it way over here and we can just focus on effort. That my friends, my ladies and gentlemen is when results come. That's when they're maximized. So all of us should be aspiring to what we call unconscious competence, meaning I don't think about it. I just do it. And we get really, really great results. My body knows what to do. It's like when Usain Bolt runs a hundred meter, he's not thinking about his form. He's practiced that so many times. When Elton John sits down behind the piano, he's not thinking about that. He simply does it. He can't think, otherwise he will screw up. And that's where we aim to get as a high level athlete. Here's the thing. You can't get there unless you go through these preseason phases of doing things really, really well, methodically, slowly, and uh, you know, consciously first. It's literally an impossibility. So you have so many people out there, and you're probably one of them saying, you know, I don't get really, really good results for this body part, or I don't get really good results, period. But then your only solution is I'm going to work hard. 
because you've been told in the past that working hard is the answer. And I'm here to tell you, and hopefully I'm making a pretty good point. Hard work is not the answer yet. If you're doing it really well, like with precision and perfection, then hard work can be the answer. But if you're not doing it with high level of uh, effort, effort or high level of precision, then you simply can't make the maximum progress. Does that make sense? So if you're someone whose form is like, yeah, it's like a three or four out of 10, and you go on like, okay, we're just going to put more gas on the fire. We're going to put more foot to the, on, on the gas pedal. Guess what happens? Injury or compensation, both of which are bad. We don't want to do those things. So here's my suggestion to you. Learn how to do a primer phase. I'm going to walk you through some details of the primer phase today. So what's a primer phase? Neural priming, priming phase. It's effectively, as I said, trying to balance out the structural alignment of the skeletal system and the muscular system, right? I want my muscles to be relatively balanced. Is this easy? No, it's actually quite complex, but it's not impossible, right? My suggestion is learn what you're good at, learn what you're not good at, spend more time mentally and physically, obviously, on the things you're not good at. Let's relearn how to do movement patterns. Let's improve mobility. Let's be able to access those ranges. Let's improve stability, right? Let's access these things that I've never in the past been good at or historically not been something that I focused on. Spend more and more time on that and then progress to getting better and better, right? So we want to get better at something. If I want to learn a new language, I certainly don't do it once a week, right? I do it often. High frequency is an integral part of these neural priming phases, sometimes as much as five times a week for someone who's a relatively relative beginner, as few as three times a week for someone who's a little bit more advanced. And again, with these phases, typically we're not going toward failure. We're going somewhere in the range of like, six to seven out of 10, as far as perceived exertion, that's where learning happens, right? So you want some effort. So imagine you're working at like 60 to 70% effort. So it's not like grinding, gritting your teeth and, and, and getting after it. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to be really, really specific with how I do this mental focus, right? And where does the challenge come in these workouts? Well, I'll tell you what, if you have never done these type of workouts before, you'll be incredibly surprised with how mentally taxing it is and how that in itself is very challenging, but where we can then develop uh, additional degrees of challenge is in time. So what time means is an example of a primer workout that I might write for you is I might do two or three consecutive exercises of non-competitive body parts to allow you to then challenge uh, systemic uh, fatigue, systemic energy production. So if you do a set of 10 on bicep curls, a set of 10 on chest press, and a set of 10 on hamstring curls. Those are non-competitive body parts, but your entire body is still working. So aerobically, there's going to be some challenge. Muscularly, there's going to be some challenge as far as like the ability to produce energy globally. So it's like this global lactate thing, right? So our body becomes more efficient at burning through calories. Therefore, we lose some fat. And we're also learning how to do these exercises really, really effectively. So that's like the, the bare bones foundation of how we would approach a primer. So the, the goal with a primer is not necessarily to fatigue muscles. It's not to even cause huge amounts of muscle damage. It's, a, a, it's more to focus on uh, acuity of movement, muscular endurance, and type one muscle fibers, which is like slow twitch muscle fibers. And I say that because slow twist muscle fibers are more correlated with stability. 
So one of the primary things that I'm focusing on in phase one, which I call phase one of training, is this uh, idea of improving and scaling stability because my ability to build muscle in any body part is literally one-to-one dependent on my ability to create stability. So if I can't create stability at my shoulder blade, I can't build my upper body. If I can't create stability at my trunk and spine, I can't build anything. If I can't create stability at my pelvis and my hip, I can't build my lower body. So it's all this this intentional um, attention placed on scaling stability, right? So if you've heard me talk about the hubs before, we have hubs of stability. So I believe the ankle and foot to be a hub. And if you have no stability there, you're going to have knee problems and hip problems and back problems. Um, I believe the hip and pelvis to be a hub. I believe the trunk and spine to be a hub. And I believe the shoulder and scapula to be a hub. And these are these are correlated with if I can't build my upper body, chances are your stability stinks in your scapula and shoulder girdle. So one of the top questions I get all the time is, hey, I can't build my pec one side or the other, or hey, I can't build my pecs, period. If it's one side, it's very one almost 100% of the time, it's simply the lack of stability or mobility at the scapula. And same thing with your uh, legs. If you have poor leg development or glute development, it's almost certainly a lack of mobility and stability at the hip and pelvis. So hopefully this is starting to bring some clarity to what um, it looks like to start laying the foundation for long-term progress, right? So when people come to me and say, Ben, I want to put on muscle, or maybe more accurately, Ben, how do you put so much muscle on people in a short amount of time? This is the answer. So people come into my coaching program and they say, you know, I've seen you put so much muscle on people in the past. And they start these workouts like, I don't like these workouts. They're not crushing me. They're not, they're not too, they're not hard enough. And this is the problem. Mentally, people are, are have the belief that hard is the answer. And I'm here to tell you hard is an answer. It's not the answer. There's multiple uh, facets of hard. We can create things that are hard mentally. And guess what? Most of us are what mentally? Very, very weak, right? We're children mentally. Our attention span is seven seconds. You can't hold your attention for 40 to 60 seconds in a set. You don't build muscle. So imagine how that transfers into life. If now you can, instead of focusing for seven seconds and you're looking around like a squirrel trying to catch a nut and you can now focus for 40 to 60 seconds, how does weight training then benefit your life in general? Think that through, right? If I can focus deeply for even 60 seconds, I'm like superhuman compared to most other humans. Right now, imagine we extend that out. We can, we can focus deeply for 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 60 minutes in an entire workout. Wow, that's a superpower. Imagine how that transfers into your business. Imagine how that transfers into your relationship, giving somebody focus for an hour of time without being distracted. Wow, imagine how that focuses or that, that affects your ability to solve problems in your life and create new solutions and create new business opportunities. Yes, focus is a superpower that can be trained in every single workout, every single day. It doesn't have to be something that's elusive or has to be done only while sitting in meditation. This is this can be done every day. And that's how we do it. Workout is a meditative experience when done intelligently. When it's done mindlessly, it's reinforcing mindless behavior and mindless uh, mindlessness. Right? So hopefully this starts to pull together and make a little bit of sense for you. If you guys found some value in this, I would love it if you shared with somebody. And if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, do so now. Today's podcast is brought to you by You Can, my favorite intra-workout carbohydrate, U-C-A-N dot C-O. 
and use the code muscle to get hooked up. Guys, you can is something that is, I, I highly suggest adding to your training routine and, and regimen, especially if you're looking to get the most of your workouts. Mental fatigue is real. Physical fatigue is real. One of my favorite ways to prevent mental and physical fatigue is just a little bit of you can. So if your body weight is under 200 pounds, my suggestion is about 40 to 50 grams in a workout. If your body weight is 230 plus, you can start taking 70 to 80 grams if you can. No gut distress for most people. Um, and you can increase your performance. You can increase your mental and physical performance and extend out the quality of the work over time. So it's quality and quantity. So head over to ucan.co, ucan.co, and use the code MUSCLE to get hooked up. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and I will see you again soon, my friends, my family, my loves. Cheers. Thank you so much for tuning into Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Bikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.